Hello and welcome along to the Champ Today Royal Ascot Preview. And we have a fantastic podcast upcoming. We are joined by Ronan Groom from the Irish Field and Mr. Mike Vince, who has all the love he needs after his tip of love for the Irish, or sorry, for the English 1,000 guineas last appearance on the podcast. How are we, gents? Good, thanks, Barry. Yeah, looking forward to a big week. Yeah, in very good form and hopefully it's going to stay that way. And Dennis Hogan, lads, we're just going to hear from Dennis, who trains Ireland's highest rated sprinter. And he, of course, goes for the Diamond Jubilee on Saturday. Let's just hear from Dennis first of all, and back then, and we'll have a chat about Ascot. So I'm delighted to be joined by trainer Dennis Hogan, of course, trainer of Ireland's highest rated sprinter, Skeptical, who heads for Royal Ascot this week. Dennis, for anyone who doesn't know the story about, about Skeptical, his purchase from Godolphin for 2800 can you maybe tell us a little bit about the background of your relationship with Hilltop Racing and, and how he was even picked up? Uh, yeah, uh, so, yeah, Barry, we, we, I, would have, I would have known the lads at Hilltop there for the last over 10 years, maybe back when they were training for Steve. Steve Mahan was training for them. I would have, I would have rode for them and um, they trained themselves and I've always, I've always kept, kept in touch with them at the races there over the years. And, um, just about two years ago, James approached me and said that they were they were planning on, um, on on packing in the license themselves, and mm. they were interested in sending the best horses they had down to me. And um, yeah, we got off to a good start, and they've, they've had well over, they've had close to twenty five winners since. So they, um, we've had a, we've had a good relationship, and we've been lucky. And we're heading for Royal Ascot next week. Dennis, when he landed in County Tipperary for the first time, did you suspect this fella may be a little bit special? Uh, I did, yeah. I, I always liked him. He's always a nice model. I didn't know how good he was, obviously, when we when we first got him. But I just loved him as a model for starters, and obviously the good pedigree. And he was by exceed next cell. Um, but I suppose when, when when we started to to do fast work, we realised he was very fast. And um, yeah, we, we always liked him, and we, we we pitched him into Dundalk first time um, over five, and he was still a bit green, and he broke slow and. Um, he, he was just touched off, and uh, I knew there was improvement in him. And he duly went one well two weeks later. And looking back to Nace last Monday, of course, an amazing day for Dennis Hogan and the team. Were you confident, A, I suppose, that he'd handle the turf surface because he'd never been on that before, and B, that he'd win as cozy as he did? Um, I was, Barry. Uh, we we we'd done everything well, like, but I suppose on, on paper we'd only won. We'd only won a maiden and two handicaps. Um, this, this was up to listed level, and we did have to step up. But I knew he could, and and being honest, I, I would have been disappointed if 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 he didn't win in in Nace, Then he, he was probably after reaching his peak. But um, luckily, it looks like there's more to come. And in in terms of Royal Ascot. He held an entry, of course, for both the King Stand on the Tuesday and, and the Diamond Jubilee on the Saturday. You confirmed on Twitter on Friday that it was the, the Diamond Jubilee on day five, which was the choice. What was the main reason, Dennis, for, for choosing that route, uh, the Diamond Jubilee on Saturday upcoming? Um, I suppose really, really, we, we were never, we were, we were probably being a bit greedy when we were earmarking the two of them, Barry. Yeah. Uh, He's a very good horse. He's a high-class horse, and there's a lot of big races and targets for him throughout the rest of the year and on into the autumn. There's a chance he could travel 
overseas to a, to a lot of different countries. And, um, we just had a, we had a chat between the three of us and we agreed we weren't going to, to Blagardham or, or, or race him and um, I suggested that we just we just take him one race in Ascot and going through the races, it, it does look the best option for him. I suppose we're, at, we're getting, well, we're sidestepping Batash in the King's Stand and we're, we're also running over six forearms, which possibly is his best trip, but... Um, yeah, there was a couple. There was a couple of factors, and then he had raced in Nace only last Monday, and travelling to Ascot would have been he'd be there now. And this was all happening a bit quick, and the race on Saturday does look does look a better option for him. Absolutely, and Frankie is booked, and Joey Sheridan, unfortunately, with with COVID regulations, misses the the ride. Have you spoken to Joey much, obviously, about this situation? How's he taking it in particular? Ah, to be honest, we, we well, I didn't, at the start of the race. Joey understands. Joey understands where, where he's to be fair, he's very good heading him and he, he's very grateful to get to ride him in a list of the race and um, he, he done a great job and he's been a big big part of the horse's career and he rides him out every day and looks after him and I'm sure he'll be on him again but um, I suppose with the with the with the um, the regulations for St. Pound Claimers at the time meant he couldn't, he couldn't actually ride over in, in the UK at the minute. Yeah, and listen, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of days left for, for Joey. Frankie, of course, is, is no bad substitute. But um, how has Skeptical been, actually, since Nace? Like, are you happy with his, his recovery? And when does he actually travel over? Um, he's due to travel on Wednesday, Barry. He's, he's come out of, he's come out of um, Nace fine and he'll... He's been cantering away. He probably won't do much more fast work now. He's he's fitting well. They might have one one piece before for uh, the race on Saturday. So no, he's he's, he's well, and we're we're looking forward to sending him over on Wednesday. Um, and en- entries should should be out tomorrow. And I believe you may be travelling over, Dennis. Am I am I right? Did I hear that right? To, to ask, uh, have you the top hat ready? Um. <laughs> I, I don't think we need the top hats this year, Barry, but um, <laughs> I, I'm not. Uh, I'm actually not booked on to go yet, and just trying to weigh up everything and seeing seeing what we're gonna we're gonna be missing here over the next two weeks, versus going to Ascot with a with a favourite for a Group One. It's mm-hmm. um, obviously we'd all love to be there, but um, the consequences when you come back and two weeks isolation, we'll, we'll see if we if we if we can work around that for. What, what I'm going to have to miss so um, I haven't actually booked the flight yet but um, we'll see what happens during the week Well look at fingers crossed everything goes well for, for Skeptical that he gets there in one piece and and that doesn't set justice of course on Saturday upcoming but in terms of the season ahead Dennis uh, 28 winners on the flat last season what's the team like for, for the rest of the summer like are you happy with, with the progress you've made in terms of flat horses, and is there any one I suppose for the for the champ that he tracker that you maybe would like to mention between now and the end of the season? Um, yeah, we we to be fair, we had a very good year, very good year last year, Barry, and really looking forward to this season. Um, we probably have we we'll probably have slightly better quality again, and we've we've some some lovely horses and some brilliant owners, and um, yeah, it's exciting to have to have the likes of him make a challenge. Um, a couple of more very good top top handicappers and 
Um, horse, horse that made his debut in Nace there last Monday, Dalvey. He he was probably a bit raw and green on the day, but I, I think he can step up off his first run and we're looking forward to, to him throughout the season. Brilliant stuff. In the same colours, of course, as sceptical but listen Dennis I want to wish you the very best luck for the, the week ahead thanks very much for speaking no to us on the Champ Today podcast and stay safe thank you very much so great to hear from Dennis Hogan lads about sceptical and of course plans for the Diamond Jubilee next Saturday Tuesday lads we'll, we'll kick it off at 150 the Queen Anne Stakes hasn't been won by Aidan O'Brien since 2013 with Declaration of War Circus Maximus now is nine, your 9-4 to favourite and last seen when fourth in the Breeders' Cup. Ronan, what's your thoughts on this Galileo horse? Where is the value in this race? Um, it could be um, it could be with Circus Maximus. I think he's pretty solid, Barry, at the top of the market there. Um, you know, like the mild division for a few years now for you know more or less the last decade you don't get many 120 horses in it you know um circus maximus i think still has the potential to be a 120 plus horse uh you know a really solid year last year two two group ones uh thought he ran quite well in in santa anita actually um you know another typical european horse kind of just uh tapped for toe early and kind of flew home late in uh, the breeders cup mile um I think he, he he's going to be suited by this track, um, the straight mile, because I think you know his stamina laden horse by Galileo. If you remember, he actually ran in the Derby last year and ran quite well. I think he finished fifth and sixth, and then Aiden brought him back to a mile for the St James's Palace, and he really kind of powered home that day over the mile. It's interesting his dam uh, Duntel actually won the Duke of Cambridge at Royal Ascot as well, which is obviously over this straight mile. So I think the, tr- the course is going to suit him. Aiden's uh, team obviously flying as well, um, and I'm just looking down at his, you know, his possible rivals here. And Terabellum obviously is interesting, um, running here for for Gosden, uh, but she's you'd have to be a bit sceptical of whether she'll be fast enough over this mile. Um, see the stars, Philly, and I just didn't see much else there. Mustachery is. Uh, the only 120 horse in the in the field and um, he obviously if he could run to his best would would have a huge chance I just think I'd be a bit worried about him uh, starting first time up um, I think he's needed his run basically so well he's improved from his, his debut run basically all of his all of his life he, he's improved five or six pounds for for a second start of the season so I, I wouldn't put anyone off Circus Maximus there at the top of the market, Barry. Um, you know, whether he's huge value of five to two is is questionable, but I he'd get my vote anyway. I think he's the he's the right favourite and, and, and should be clear favourite as he is. And Mike Ronan has just mentioned the uh, Terlebrium. Um she heads the the British Challenge, of course won ten days ago. See the stars Philly I thought she was. It was interesting, actually, John Gosden's comments to say that like she's she's quite a hard filly to get fit, and I have to say she interested me, especially at the price is ten to three now, dropping back in trip. Fascinating this race. I don't think it's a very good Queen Anne. I think there's a lot in here that, are, uh, if you look at it, there's very few proven Group One performers in this. But then Mustachery, in fairness to Ronan, I wouldn't disagree. I'm wondering to myself, why is Jim Crowley on Mahatta and not on Mustachery? 
when you bear in mind that he's obviously the first jogger to shake hand on. And I actually think Jim Crowley's going to have a really good week. He, he's a knocking good bet to be top jockey in my book. Um, but the one I like here, and I would take a chance on it, and I've seen that there's about 14 to 1, I think he's a knocking good each way bet, is the Northern Horse, Space Traveller. Won the jersey last year, then went to America. Didn't do at all badly in the Breeders' Cup mile. Been kept fresh for this. Yard know what it takes because they won it with Rochester. And if Circus Maximus is the good thing, somebody's got to be second or third. And surely Accidental Agent is not going to do do the dirty on us again. And I think Space Traveller at a double-figure SP is a knocking good each way bet. The next race we're going to preview is the 335 at Ascot. The Tash, of course, the 126 rated sprinter. Is there anything that can topple this one? And what is the each way value in the King stand? I'm going to be very boring here. I mean, as I said, I think Jim Crowley is going to be top jockey. I think he's a really knocking good bet. Because although we as we don't know what's in the, the Diamond Jubilee as we talk, mm. um, I think that you'll find that Skeptical's chief rival might well be a horse called Kadim, who, uh, of course, came good last year and again represents Charlie Hills and Sheikh Hamdan. Uh, for me, the second favourite is a real player here. I think Glass Slippers mm. was really impressive to the annual Vedi Vidi Vicky on the hapless, helpless and hopeless French at Longchamp uh, and won the Abbey. Uh, Kevin Ryan is a master trainer of sprinters. I wouldn't run anybody out having a squeak each way on this Liberty Beach of um, Jason Hart and John Quinn. But for me, I think Glass Slippers is a knocking good bet against the favourite because the favourite, yeah, if he turns up in his A game, he'll win, but he'll be very short. Ronan, thoughts on the King Stand? Yeah, I must confess, it's not a race I, I'd be getting involved in, Barry, because I just think if Batash shows up um, and is in any sort of form, he'll win. He's no blue point to take him on this year. Um, and you know, it's it's just a funny kind of race to analyze from that point of view because you know Bahash probably should. He does have the odd clangor in him, but signs last year that he's kind of ironed that out a bit more. And you know, yeah, look, um, as as Michael said there, glass slippers. The Kevin Ryan's filly, you know, she won three lengths that Abbey um, from a good yardstick and so perfect. She'd plenty of Group One, good solid Group One form last season, and glass slippers put three lengths between herself and and that filly. It was soft ground that day, so maybe that's a slight worry. Uh, whether she can do it the same on 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 the surface, I know Ascot are are um, anticipating a bit a few showers on Tuesday, and whether that gets into the ground in time, I don't know. Um, but yeah, look, it's not a race that I we have delved into much. So if Batash shows up in any sort of form, I think he'll win. And the second of, I suppose, the midweek shorties in the Group 1s, lads, is at 3.30 at the Prince of Wales Stakes. It's a Group 1 for four euros and plus over the mile and two. Japan lines up here. He's never won on seasonal debut, and he is coming back in trip. Mike, had you uh, thoughts on, on Japan, and would you oppose him? Yeah, this is, they've done the, the running order. This is now 3 o'clock. They put the cavalry in, yeah. it, in at 3.35, known as the Hunt Cup. Um, and the one you've got to look at is a Dave. One at this meeting last year. Uh, so delighting that Tom Mark Handler, three versus Walsing Matilda when he was in Australia, winning group ones. And I think that a Dave could just set this up. And I'm not at all sure that Japan isn't better with a longer straight and a chance to 
to wind and it needs a bit of a wind up. And for me, also, it's, I'm fascinated as to why Frankie is riding uh, Medea for John Gosden and not Lord North. But I would be thinking that Adabe is a horse that you ignore at your peril and he's fit because he's had those runs in Australia. Interesting. Roland Headman was one who he won the, the, the London Gold Cup at Newbury and he improved 20 pounds from America 95. He was one that, that interests me, the, the Kingman called. Uh, you know, I think um, at the prices, nine to two, I thought he may be value. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think you know, Japan is worth taking on here, Barry, to be honest, for the same reason uh, Michael just said. I, I think he, he, he could be um, a little bit vulnerable here first time out, and I think he could be better over further as well. Um, like, I know you obviously won the uh, the Jude Mond International last year, but if you go back and watch that race, he needed every single yard to get up over the extended 10 furlongs of York there. First time up here against horses like Adabe, like Barney Roy, lots of, who's obviously a Group One winning miler, um, like the Fish Lord North, and you know I just think he's worth taking on. Um, as Michael said, I'd be very um, happy to back Lord North at a price twelve to one. But why is Frankie riding Medea? I, I just don't get that. She's you know obviously a, a good filly. Um, but maybe slight question about her coming back to this trip. And Lord North, I think, is a real progressive sort. That form to be Ellercam, a Haydock, is, is pretty strong. He's got a run under his belt. It just put me off. Why, why is Frankie riding the filly? I, I don't really know. Um, Adabe is rock solid. And, um, yeah, I have to say, I, Hedman, I didn't really, I thought was a little short in the market just in what, what he'd done. I know he's progressive, but I thought he was found out. A bit when he, he came over to Ireland for for um, the champion stakes, I want to take Japan on, um, and I still might back Lord Lord North at, at a double figure price. I just think that's too big for his kind of profile. He's really progressive, um, and I think he, he could have a big year in him. Um, soft ground obviously would help a Dave as well. I think I will look to play in this, and it'll be Lord North or a Dave. Um, and soft ground, I think if, if the rain does get into the ground by Wednesday, a Dave definitely comes into the reckoning. Perfect. Moving on to Thursday, I'm not sure, Mike, if, if they've changed the time of this one as well. The 335, the Ascot Gold Cup, great group one over two miles and four furling for four year olds and plus. Another superstar, Mike, here. This must be, you must be going to miss Ascot this week. Is it the first time in, in 20 years you've missed it? Missed yeah, I'm not eight. allowed to go because obviously it's behind closed doors. Um, there'll be, I think, two members of the press there. And that's it. Everybody so, else is having to work and do the job at home. And of course, one of the jobs I do, the Royal Procession, Her Majesty will be sitting in Windsor Castle. She won't be there either. Um, and she, of course, she's got a couple of chances during the course of the week that might give her another winner. So it'll be, uh, Ascot famously joked a few years ago, they put up a, 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 they used as a marketing slogan, Ascot like no other. This is the year it comes horribly true, I'm afraid. But uh, but well done to them, they've got it on. But obviously, it's disappointing. Apart from Aidan, um, I very much doubt we'll see any runners from Ireland because of the, the quarantine, apart from obviously Dennis Hogan on the Saturday. There's one or two from France, but the more exotic horses don't look as though they've, They've made the trip. I mean, Wesley Ward's brought a few over. But it's going to be competitive. It's going to be not easy to weigh up. But Stradivarius is surely the ultimate good thing. 
in probably the worst Gold Cup I can remember. There's no depth to it, whatever. Um, but somebody's got to finish second. And I would suggest Nair Road, who won the Cigaro, Ryan Moore booked. Uh, Mark Johnston was second. I think was it was DXB second in the race last year, I think. Um, but it's a terrible Gold Cup. Uh, and it's been a terrible Gold Cup from the moment that Kew Gardens was out, was taken out of it. And Aiden doesn't have a plan B, so he's out, he's not got anything in the race. I think the more interesting question is whether Stradivarius will start shorter than Yates did at any of the time of his four romps to glory. That might be an interesting uh, thought for later in the week. But for me, Stradivarius and uh, Nayef Road, and uh, let's hope next year's Gold Cup's a better race. Roland Tots. Yeah, and I'm not going to take much time on this. I, I literally agree with everything Michael just said. Stradivarius, I think, will win. Uh, uh, had the run over the mile and a half. Uh, don't think he was knocked about too hard that day. Um, he just wins, doesn't he? It's not a strong race. One to chase him home, maybe Moonlight Spirit, um, unexposed uh, for Charlie Apple to be there. Might have a bit of improvement in him over this trip. Wasn't beaten far by Technician in that Group 1 in France at the back end of last season. I think he could run okay. Uh, but Stradivarius wins, doesn't he? If he um, if he shows up in anything like the form he has, he's he's rock solid, and um, he should have another Gold Cup on the board. Yeah, I would be willing to take him on each way here. I suppose we mentioned technician on the season preview, Ronan. Uh, Oshie Murphy, of course, is booked for the Martin Mead four-year-old. Um, possibly would prefer a little bit of soft in the description. You know, his two Group 1s at the back in the last year. Sorry, Group 1 and a Group 2 in France were on soft. But I thought he was, I suppose, a, a, at least a, a competitor in this division. And I'm willing to, st- to stick with him, lads, each way. As Mike said, something has to finish second. Uh, 3.35, the Commonwealth Cup, lads. Group 1 over six furlongs on the Friday for three-year-olds. This looks open. Ronan, had you thoughts on this? Yeah, I... I... I quite like uh, the horse that's at the top of the market at the moment, uh, Barry, the Mill Reef winner last year, Roger Varian's Pierre Lapin. Um, I was listening to after he won the um, the, the Mill Reef at Newbury last season. Uh, Roger Varian came on and said they thought he might be a Coventry horse. Things just went a bit wrong. Uh, There's quite a gap in between his, his, his maiden win and, and that win in the Mill Reef. And he looked green during the race as well. I, I thought he was quite impressive in the end. He kind of like when the penny dropped, he really kind of strided clear. If you go back and watch the race again, he's a lovely stride and, and was kind of sprinting away from them at the end. Um, Roger Varian also said that, you know, he's really is a horse for, for next year. Um, so he was quite impressed with what he did that day that he was able to win a field like that. I think the um, the second ran okay. Uh, his name escapes me now. ran okay behind... Um, Pinatubu in the Dewhurst and the third went on and won a group two um, that to me seems pretty strong form here and um, coming here um, off off you know first time out Varian um, at Zini booked so they're going to run um, I think he's pretty pretty strong and deserves to be at the top of the market I think he's around four to one that seemed like an okay price to me um, not sure what's going to really take him on like uh, Southern Hills I thought was interesting but got withdrawn at Nace, uh, acted up at the start, so you know that the plan hasn't gone right there. They, they wanted to run run him first. Um, he, he won the Windsor Castle last year. So, um, Sunday Sovereign is, a, is an interesting horse. He was with Paddy Toomey last year. Just hasn't really um, 
doesn't seem like it's all gone to plan for him, but could come back another one for Roger Varian. Um, but then I just didn't think it was the strongest uh, Commonwealth Cup in a race that in a race that really has kind of prospered since it's 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 moved into Ascot. They they put it there. It doesn't seem to me like it's the strongest one. So and I did like Pierre Lapin um, at around the four to one mark. So that's that that'll do for me, Barry. Michael, what's the the home the home challenge like in the Commonwealth Cup? All right, well, actually, the, the problem with this race is actually it's trying to work out what's actually going to go to post is is a bigger problem here because obviously if you look at it at the, as I see here talking to you, Lerpe e. Fernandez is still in it and Millar is still in it, and if either of those were to turn up and you're bearing in mind, you know, you're talking back end of the week that could blow all plans to smithereens. But I wouldn't lose faith with Southern Hills only because I like I, I like that horse so much uh, when he won the Windsor Castle, and I'm just thinking, uh, Aiden doesn't normally leave horses like that in races unless he's got a half a mind to run them. And as I said, provided he doesn't send one of his guinea squad across, I think he might just be on target for this. And and he, if so, um, I would think he might go very well in it. Yeah, Pierre Lapin's got it to prove. Inexperienced, he's had the two runs done nothing wrong but the mill reform i didn't think was that strong so for me if he turns up southern hills might be just worth having a, a look at moving on to saturday guys the diamond jubilee we, we just after been speaking to, to dennis hogan skeptical now best price seven to two now in a place for the diamond jubilee ronan he wins doesn't he <laughs> simple as that simple, yeah i don't know uh, look he's a great story and dennis is done fantastic with these horses like make a challenge last year uh picked up for six and a half thousand guineas and won over one hundred and fifty thousand and ran fourth obviously on british champions day and skeptical has taken him to ascot as well look it's a sensational story and if if he does win of course i'll be cheering him on i just think if you if you look at the times that day at nace the last day when he when he looked really impressive his time actually wasn't didn't really back it up he wasn't that faster than um the philly punita aurora who basically uh, ran over the same course and distance um, earlier on the card. Um, and I just wonder, is is he a little short in the market now? Saying that, I don't really have a huge opinion on the rest of the race. A lot of horses just running here first time up. Obviously, that's going to be the case at Ascot a lot next week. So the heart says sceptical and the head doesn't really have a have a plan B at the moment, Barry. So I think I'll just be cheering this on. But I am a bit sceptical about sceptical, if, if, if you get me drift there. Uh, Mike, I thought, I thought he was sensational at Nace. Uh, I was hoping for that big lineup, of course, with Batash. But as Dennis said, you know, it's a long season and it does give him that extra bit of time as well to, you know, from, from his run, obviously, last Monday to say Saturday versus running on the Tuesday. Thoughts on, I suppose, the decision, first of all, and, and, and the race, secondly? Well, I was surprised, for one reason only, um, that he's going over six furlongs and not over five, because he's got blistering speed. Mm. It's as simple as that. And um, this is a race that the Diamond Jubilee that's thrown up shock after shock after shock. I mean, just remember, of course, um, certain horses only just lasting home to win it, like Black Caviar. I mean, the, the, the four, if, you, if you're going to back on the basis of the form in the Diamond Jubilee, I'll see you in the poorhouse. And Ronan, you've got a very nice shirt on. You'd have lost your shirt if you're trying to do that, I tell you. Um, for me, Kadem, Charlie Hills, Jim Crowley, I think he's a Group 1 winner in waiting. Um, 
we'll see what happens with the King's Stand and whether anything that runs in the King's Stand comes back out again. But I would be going Kadimi Chwe on the basis of what we know so far. It's great for Dennis. I wish him luck. Um, but I think he should have taken on Batash. And I think that he, he's been caught because in an ideal world, I think it would have been an, an easy decision if the races had been the other way around. Namely, that the six furlong race had been on the Tuesday and the five furlong race had been on the Saturday. I think it would have been a very simple decision. And they've gone for more time rather than, in my view, the ideal race. OK, Mike. Youngsters to line up this week. I suppose we don't fully know what's going to run, but we can only speculate at this stage. I suppose Coventry, Norfolk, Queen Mary, Albany. Mike, what's your biggest two-year-old fancy for the week of Royal Ascot, and where does it run? Well, I'm looking at the Cheshire stakes, um, and on the basis that it turns up, um, Godolphin had a 1-2 in a race at Newmarket on 1,000 Guineas Day. Uh, Charlie Appleby trained both of them. All eyes were on that noble dynasty who they'd spent, you know, the kitchen sink on. And he just got done in the end by a neck by a stablemate called Modern News. So Modern News in the Chesham is my idea of one of the best two-year-old chances of the week. Um, and if he turns up, I would really delight it. And I'm sure Ronan had a good look at this as well. I like that Admiral Nelson of Aidens that won on 2000 Guineas Day. Uh, beat what looked a strong field. Shamey Heffernan was on the second. Wayne Lorden was on the winner. And that's the sort of race where Aiden won't just put any old two-year-old. He'll put one of his smarter ones. But if you ask me at this stage, modern news in the Cheshire would be mine. What, if, if you said to me, I can only have one bet this week on a two-year-old at Ascot, that would be mine. Ronan. Thoughts on two-year-olds. I suppose Aidan O'Brien has sent out a couple of smart ones. You mentioned more beautiful. Two-year-old filly won, of course, the opener at Nace. Chief Little Hawk was impressive at Navin. And Mike mentioned Admiral Nelson. Chief Little Hawk was the one, I suppose, that impressed me the most. And possibly, would he go for something like the Norfolk? Um I don't know. What, what, what was your favourite performance, I suppose, from a two-year-old? And what's your, your best bet from a two-year-old perspective at Royal Ascot? Yeah, sure. Um, look, it's take your pick with the, the Aidan O'Brien horses. And it's conceivable that he, he's going to obviously be represented in, in each of the two-year-old races. And he could go very, very strongly in all of them. You know, it, it, it's not ridiculous that he could win three or four of them. As he usually does, you know, but like this year, even more so, he it, the, the squad seems to be very strong. Um, I was lucky enough to do an interview with Aiden at the start of the season. He told me that uh, all the Air Force Blues he had, I think he had three or four, were all very, very forward and uh, Ascot type two year olds. Uh, I made a note of it in my head and then thought, yeah, so the first one I see, I'm going to back. Uh, didn't do that, completely forgot. And obviously Chief Little Hawk goes and, and does it, gets it done at Navin in really impressive style. He's a big player this week, but as you mentioned, the one I like very, um, very much so is the filly, more beautiful. I think she goes for the Queen Mary. Obviously she's in the, the Albany as well. I just thought it was, she did it really, really well, sprinted away from, from her field, clocked a good time. Um, looks pretty smart to me. I think it may be significant that she was given <laughs> the first day back. She was the um, the first horse uh, 
like entered to run then so they must have been thinking straight away let's get a run into her uh, give her as much time as possible um because she's an ascot filly um she proved that at nace and I, I think she's a big player um whichever race she goes through the albany or the uh, queen mary interesting todd another one just to keep an eye out for he's actually headed the market in the norfolk stakes um is eye of heaven for mark johnson According to the algorithm.co.uk, new time farm website, that was the best two-year-old seen in Britain this year, Mike. So that's the, the head of the market, Eye of Heaven, for the Norfolk Stakes, if he goes there. But Chief Little Hawk as well will be of interest to me wherever he lines up. Best bets, I suppose, for the week at the current prices. Mike Vince, take it away. Well, um, if you ask me to, to nap one, I will nap as my best bet of the week. King Leonidas, Frankie, John Gosden, Jersey Stakes Thursday, two from two, expected to be three from three on Thursday. Typical John Gosden, put the old plates up and take it to the all-weather first time out and, and, and improve and improve. And he ticks every box um, without any exception. So he's my best. I'm fascinated by the Hunt Cup on Wednesday. And what I want to know is why is Jim Crowley on board Al Raja and not the commentator's nightmare that won it last year, Afak, and uh, Monajam, who, of course, are in the same ownership, saying that Afak won the Hunt Cup in the last 50 yards when you're calling at speed is quite a challenge, believe me. <laughs> um, but what I, what I would say is I'm fascinated that he's on the top weight, but Gosden for me and King Leonidas is the nap for the week. Rolling groom, nap for the week. Yeah, like um, uh, Pierre Lapin in the in the Commonwealth Cup on Friday, Barry. I, I just think um, a really kind of uh, progressive looking profile now that he he's he's a three year old and uh, just like the way he did it in the Mill Reef, coming off a big break, looked green, got to the front and really sprinted on uh, when the penny dropped. Uh, I think the Formula race is actually all right, um, and in what looks a kind of weak renewal. I thought he was pretty pretty solid at the top of the market, around four to one. Good shout, Ronan Groom. Technician for myself, I think. Listen, there's nine runners in there. If they all go to post, as Mike says, something has to finish second to Stradivarius. I think he's a good each way bet at the moment at his best price, six to one. And the second one, obviously, I like is Chief Little Hawk wherever he runs. I think he is quite smart um, for Aidan O'Brien and. Of course, we can't forget Dennis Hogan's sceptical. Uh, yes, I think he is an absolute good thing on the Saturday, the, the the Diamond Jubilee. And that concludes our Royal Ascot preview for the week, lads. I uh, suppose, Mike, will you have the top at on at home? No. No? <laughs> Ronan Groom won't have it on anyway. <laughs> I don't ever wear a top hat because, uh, even when I do that, because as some people may know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to do the, the raw procession commentary. Um, and for that reason, I wear a pair of headphones. And if you put a pair of headphones on anybody's head and then you put a top hat on top of that, they look absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Charlie Chan would have nothing on them. <laughs> well, Mike, well, Mike Vince, enjoy, I suppose, your first Royal Ascot from your living room in almost 20 years. Ronan Groom, thanks very much. And I hope, I suppose, you come back some winners this week as well. And cheerio, lads. We will see you very soon on the Champ Daddy podcast.